Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to The Narratives. Today's story comes from Denver comedian and union worker Andres Becerril. The theme of the show was Roots. Uh, yeah, my name's Andreas, and I'm here to do Roots. I am a stand-up comic, usually. Uh, I've been doing that for, I realized, a quarter of my life now. And, you know, I love that. I, I wanted to speak on that. And then uh, when Ron uh, brought up doing the show in the first place, you know, um, he brought up the fact that I had recently met Bernie Sanders uh, because of the union work I had done. Nice, yeah. And it was, it was yeah couple of more leaks, apparently. Um, <laughs> but I did, I, I'm, I'm a proud UFCW Local 7 member, and I was a part of a strike uh, that you guys all participated in. And I thank every single person that didn't cross that fucking picket line. I thank all of you. Yeah. And I know you're out there because those parking lots were empty, <laughs> you know, and you guys were at Safeways and at Whole Foods and at, you know, bodegas and 7-Elevens doing everything you could to not give that company any money or any business. And I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for all of that. And I am, you know, not an emotional person, but every time I think about that, I do choke up a little bit and that was never me. And I guess that's where I'm starting from is I went, you know, thinking I was just this guy that wanted a good contract. I was, I was tired. I was tired of, of the company I was working for. I was tired of my career and I needed to see a change. And I, and I saw that being possible if I worked with the union. So I volunteered. I, uh, I had a new manager that was fresh off the street, had never worked retail in his life, and because he had a college degree and I didn't, he was automatically my boss, you know? And you hear that story a lot. My experience with the company no longer meant anything. Uh, they found someone who was inferior of the knowledge that I had when it came to the job at hand, and they gave it to him. And with a straight face, he said, I'm glad you're here because I don't know what I'm doing. And to, with a straight face, I said, I gotta get out of here then, you know? And I did. I. Uh, I knew things had to change. I knew that we weren't giving out a livable wage, and we needed to, and we weren't going to get uh, good people, and we were going to keep good people until you know we we did that. So I, I got you know I did what any millennial would do, and I got online, <laughs> and I made an angry Facebook post uh, at the union. I said, "Hey, what do I got to do to help?" And uh, someone saw it. Uh, someone saw my my angry post, and. Uh, they asked, you know, another uh, union worker that uh, if they knew who I was, and they said, "Yeah, that's that's a good guy. You should bring him on." And I did. I, I got interviewed, and about maybe a month later, I was out of the stores, and I was working with the union, and we were working on getting a good contract, and that involved, you know, trying to get everyone on the same page. And I don't know, has anyone here ever organized anything in their lives? You know, <laughs> that shit sucks. <laughs> I had no idea. 
And I, I, I applaud any single person that's ever like organized anything, whether it be a Super Bowl party or a strike, like <laughs> fucking festival. Any like, I have such a huge respect for any sort of organization now, you know, because what I found out is that none of it's organized. <laughs> it is just chaos and hope and goodwill and and love for this this thing that you know that you have to make happen and that's what it that's what i learned being out with the union was that you know you could you could talk to members till you're blue in the face and it would go in one ear and out the other and you'd have to do it every day every day and have them remember like yeah you know this is important this is your contract it's not you know, the union just isn't this company that, you know, runs around and tells you that this other company is bad. Like, no, we are, I am the union, you're the union. I'm, I work next to you. And I'm telling you, man, like, we are the power. And trying to get people to realize their power in this day and age was really fucking hard. It wasn't necessarily the plan to go out on strike, you know. That wasn't the goal. The goal is never to go out on strike. The goal is to get a good, fair contract. And, you know, we got pushed to that. We got pushed to that ULP strike, I remember. I remember going to the meetings and having the company with a straight face tell you what they thought you were worth, you know, and having people be like, no, <laughs> it's not what we're worth. You know, we're worth more than that. We're more, you know, it's, it's, and it wasn't just dollars that we were fighting for. We were fighting for better health care. We were fighting for first day sick pay. We were fighting for all sorts of things that people need to live. And, um, you know, I was scared. I was terrified. At first I thought, I was like, yeah, I'll just go out, I'll help, and it will be done. And, and then uh, I realized what we needed to do. And we started having, you know, we needed, we, needed the, we needed the people on our sides. We needed you guys. We needed, you know, those customers that saw us day in and day out. We needed you guys to have our backs the way, because, you know, I, I was there for COVID. And that was one of the big things that helped push me out, too, was being around for COVID and being there when the world shut down and, the only place you could go was a grocery store and you had to fight someone or lie and say that the toilet paper was for an old person you knew, you know? <laughs> I saw all of it, you know, I had, I had coworkers that I had, you know, that, that knew me when I was, when I just started, when I was 19 and they died from COVID for being on the sales floor, you know, from people not wearing masks and, you know, it was it was scary. It was it was weird. It was sad. It was frustrating, and it felt like we were so expendable to that company. You know, and that was the other thing that had to change was that we are not expendable. We are the power. We are we are the reason why you have money in your pockets and why you have a yacht. <laughs> and you know, we did that. We put our lives on the line. The least we should get is a fair livable wage. And I was telling that story a lot. You know. And uh, we had to do, we had to do, uh, well, we didn't have to, I didn't have to do shit, honestly. <laughs> I was doing my job, but they were asking us, uh, I was in a special position, I'm what they call a special project union rep, which meant my contract is temporary, and I go back to the store, so I, I am still employed by the company, so I, but I, I had to speak, I was asked to speak. I didn't want to speak. I remember we were in a room with the lawyer, uh, you know, saying like, hey, like, we want real perspectives from actual workers. You know, the union can't really say what's going on in there because we just represent you guys. What are you guys going through? What brought you out here? And that was, that was the end of it for me, honestly. I, I put my hand up and they said, um, we need someone to talk. And I put my hand up 
half-assed, and they're like, you don't look like you want to talk. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to talk. This sucks. Um, but I will. And I did. And I felt terrified to, you know, to speak against a company that I'd worked for for over a decade, to speak about the injustices going on. But it had to be said. You know, someone had to say it for everyone. And uh, that ended up being one of my biggest jobs during all of it, during negotiations all the way down to the strike. I ended up having to do a lot of press, and I'm still terrified about what happens when I get back to my job. Because <laughs> if you Google me right now, it's not going to say loving uh, grocery store worker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, uh, has anyone ever actually participated in a strike before? All right, it's, it's fucking, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I had to pull a store. I had, that, was, that was probably the craziest thing for me, was pulling uh, a, a store at 5 a.m. I had to get up at 3 a.m., get to the store at 4 a.m., walk in at 5 a.m., and tell everyone that was on that night crew and everyone that was starting the morning shift to get the day going for the customers who were coming in to get the business opened. I had to go in there and say, put your things down, we're walking out. And I had to really hope that they did. <laughs> we hadn't been on strike in over like 20 years. I had only been with a company, yeah, 96 or something was the last time, you know? I was five. Everyone else that had been at the last strike was in their 50s and 60s now, you know? Or dead, or quit, or, or on the other side in management. You know, so n this was new for everyone. And it was crazy. It was wild. It was a wild thing to see. But it was also the mo well, like probably one of the most rewarding things ever was having that entire store just walk out side with me, ready to be in solidarity, looking for the same thing. And then to see so few people cross that picket line. And, and you know, pickets are tough. So if you guys haven't been part of a strike like that, you probably haven't been on a picket line. Picket lines are awful. They're, they're one of my least favorite places in the world. Uh, it's very boring, unfortunately. You're taking a stand against something and people are just looking at you like you're fucking insane. Um, the only good part is the chanting. That's probably the only fun part. <laughs> and, you know, um, pros and cons to chanting. Pro, anyone can say it. Con, you know, anyone can start it. Um, <laughs> And I had been on a picket line or two before, helping out other unions, and I still remembered like, having to deal with the nightmare of anyone can start the picket chant, and having Kev, my good friend and union brother, start the picket chant, and we were out with Nabisco, we were picketing Nabisco at the time, and you know, um, no money, no cookie. How's that? That's a pretty easy chant, right? You know? Hard consonants. What I thought Kev would have gone with, you know, um, because Kev had a lisp, and Kev doubled down and went with no justice, no peeth. <laughs> and we're in a picket line, whatever someone chants, you chant. So it was just, you know, a good 40 people with a lisp all chanting. <laughs> no justice, no peeth. I, uh, over and over again, they end up getting a good contract anyways, but... All of my uh, press stuff, it, was, it sucked. I, like I said, I'm terrified. If you look up my name right now on Google, you'll see you know, half of it's like stand-up, and the other half is like communist websites. <laughs> 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 
but uh, that got a lot of attention, and eventually, I uh, I got to meet uh, Bernie Sanders via via I guess Twitter online. We he had me on his uh, on his uh, weekly daycast podcast, whatever you want to call it. It's online and it streams his, day, his weekly stream. And uh, that was cool, got to meet Bernie Sanders, and he's just as nice as you would think he is, and uh, every impression of him is spot on. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and that was the first time that my mom said, I'm proud of you. <laughs> and I believed her. <laughs> you know, my son thought I was crazy, I, I'd, I'd explain what a union rep was to a six-year-old. I had to explain what a strike was to a six-year-old. I explained what a scab was to a six-year-old. That was hard. I mean, just, I ex- you know, my, my son, he asked me, he's like, Dad, do you work in a grocery store? I was like, yeah, I work for, I was like, I still work in grocery stores, but I work for the grocery store workers. You know, he's like, so you're their boss. I was like, no, I'm their brother. And he's like, but you're my dad. And, you know, <laughs> And you know, eventually you got it. I, I explained, I was like, I represent the workers and I help them navigate uh, the pros and cons of their contract and, and I help them you know, make work uh, you know, a livable place, I guess. And then you know, the strike happened and, and it was, like I said, it was scary. And, and my son, God bless him, I was working 90 hour weeks on that fucking picket line and he was like, dad, am I ever gonna see you again? <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, man, um, just let me take a nap first. And, <laughs> But yeah, I, I remember, you know, his resentment towards grocery stores uh, for a while. <laughs> he would, uh, you know, I explained to him, you know, what we were doing and why, and telling a six-year-old, they're like, look, I'm, I'm out there for you. You know, I'm out there for everyone right now. We're all out there for everyone, hoping that, you know, if we get a good uh, wage increase and better benefits, that'll trigger other, you know, things to get better wage benefits and everything else. And, you know, we're doing it for everyone. And my son looked at me from the rearview mirror and he goes, Dad, you're crazy. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, I hope you're fucking crazy too someday, man. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he was, real, he was real mad at grocery stores for a while. His mom would call me and she'd say, why is our son screaming at every King Supers commercial on the TV? <laughs> but yeah, but I met Bernie and, and everyone, you know, I had everyone come out of the fucking woodwork. I had uncles I hadn't spoken to in over a decade. I had ex-girlfriends hit me up. You know, they didn't want to get back together, but they were like, finally, you're not the loser anymore, you know? <laughs> like, um, and that was that was fucking wild, and I and I was proud. I was proud of myself. I, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was till it was like all over, and I saw all the fucking changes going on, and and that felt huge to me. And I felt like I'd really accomplished something. You know, I was a part of something bigger than myself. And then um, the very next morning, one of my good friends in stand up posted that he was going to get to open up for wrestling legend Mick Foley at the club. Um, you guys might know him as Mankind or Dude Love. Um, <laughs> Cactus Jack, and hearing that you know my buddy was going to get to open for a pro wrestler that had retired maybe 10, 15 years ago, and I had just uh, had a one-on-one uh, conversation with Bernie Sanders over the pros of being in a union, and I was jealous. I was so jealous. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess you know why I am very pro-labor and I am pro-union. I am still very much a comic. Um, thank you so much. I've been Andreas.
Narrators is produced by me, Ron Doyle, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, Scott Kearney, and Sydney Crane. Our music is by Gabby Gutierrez-Reed and Kevin Matthews. Special thanks to our sponsors, Bumpboard Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's, and Great Divide Brewing Company. We'll be back next week with a new episode. If you're in Denver, please join us for one of our live shows, which take place on the third Wednesday of every month. For more information about the live show or past episodes of this podcast, you can click on the link in our show notes or visit our website, thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.